Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher. This week's parasha is Va'era, which is a continuation of uh, the book of Shemot. Uh, this, uh, the parasha essentially begins with a response uh, to what happened in the, at the end of last week's parasha, you may recall, that uh, Paro made the conditions of Dene Israel even worse by demanding that they produce the same quota of bricks without having straw that they need supplied to them. Uh, so they had to uh, look for the, the straw themselves. And when they didn't uh, produce, uh, the uh, Hebrew uh, officers that were appointed over them uh, were beaten uh, so uh, the, Hebrew ta- the Hebrew officers also had a complaint uh, against Moshe, and Moshe complained to Hashem that the situation has only gotten worse, and Hashem concluded the parasha by saying, now you will see what I will do, uh, but uh, our parasha begins with a, a full uh, continuation of, Mo- of Hashem's response to Moshe. The uh, parasha, we might say, is divided up into uh, three parts. The first part of the parasha is, as I said, a response, but it's really uh, the renewal of Moshe and Aaron's mission, because the mission to go to Paro and um, uh, argue for the release of B'nai Yisrael, that has been interrupted because uh, Paro, as I said, uh, made the conditions worse. So in this first part, Hashem is going to uh, send them once again. Uh, but first, uh, Hashem says um, that the, the names whereby appear to uh, Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, uh, the name that I used for myself uh, has, not, uh, has not been fully realized. Uh, as Rashi explains, uh, I made many promises to the uh, Avot, to the patriarchs, uh, and they trusted in me, even though at the time it was the time wasn't right for me to uh, fulfill the promises yet. Uh, but now uh, I am manifesting; uh, I am encountering you in my name. Uh, that means that uh, I am going to fulfill my promises, so you can be sure that I that I will. I established my covenant with the patriarchs. I am now about to fulfill the covenant uh, that I had made with them. And along those lines, Hashem uses various terms of redemption uh, that mean that he is going to redeem B'nai Israel. He uses four terms um, that immediately relate to the, uh, to the Exodus, uh, to Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Uh, a fifth term uh, refers to bringing them to the land of, uh, of Israel, which is the ultimate purpose of this. Uh, so we might call it four plus one. Uh, and those four uh, are reflected in the fact, among other things, that we have four cups of wine at the uh, Seder. Uh, and so uh, Hashem is sending uh, Moshe and Aaron back, but the children of Israel uh, do not listen. Uh, and then Hashem sends them to Paro again. And, um, and their argument, or Moshe's argument, is, but 
if, par, if the children of Israel didn't listen, the Israel certainly will not listen. And God says, nevertheless, you must uh, go. And it's at this point that we have a uh, an excursus, a, uh, a, a parenthetical section uh, in which uh, Hashem, or in which the Torah tells us the place of Moshe and Aaron and the lineage of the tribes of Israel. Uh, this is the place where Moshe and Aaron are actually going to begin in earnest uh, fully to uh, bring about the redemption. There was, a, um, there was a setback, but now they're going to continue. And now we need to know more fully who uh, Moshe and Aaron are. Uh, in order to do that, the Torah begins by giving us the lineage of the two tribes uh, that precede the tribe of Levi, because Moshe and Aaron are from the tribe of Levi. So first Ruvain and his descendants, and then Levi and Shimon and his descendants, and then uh, Levi in more detail. Uh, we're given the ages of uh, important members of uh, the tribe of Levi. Uh, we're told about Amram, who is uh, the father of Moshe and Aaron, and his wife, uh, Yocheved, uh, we are told about Aaron and Moshe being born to them, and also that Aaron uh, marries uh, Elisheva, and that they have four sons, Nadav, Avihu, Elazar, and Itamar, and further that Elazar has a son named Pinchas. Uh, and now, and then at this point, the Torah returns to talk about their, uh, their mission. He says um, to uh, Moshe and Aaron, you will go before Paro, and remember, I am going to harden the heart of Paro. That means he's not going to release them uh, right away. The the second part of the uh, of the parasha uh, has to do with uh, Moshe and Aaron actually appearing before uh, before Paro and uh, trying to make the argument that uh, God has spoken to them. And in order to do that. Uh, Moshe uh, is to perform a uh, perform a miracle, to perform a wonder, um, and uh, and so uh, the staff that is uh, in his hand uh, is cast down to the ground, and it became it becomes a tanin. Uh, this uh, Rashi says tanin is a uh, is a snake. Um, uh, this is, uh, by the way, Aharon's staff, not Moshe's staff. Rashi says the Tanin is a snake. Uh, others say the Tanin is a crocodile. Uh, and then, uh, then Aharon takes hold of this, uh, the tail of the Tanin and it turns back once again into a staff. Uh, and uh, the magicians of Egypt are not impressed because they can do the same thing and so uh, Paro uh, hardens his heart. Uh, but Moshe and Aharon has, have at least uh, done miracles that show uh, that Hashem has, uh, has appeared to, uh, to Moshe and has called upon him to, uh, to, to present the case before Paro. The next part of the parasha, uh, which is uh, the, the largest part of the parasha, is the beginning of the Ten Plagues. Uh, the Esel Makot. And in Parashat Va'era, we have the first seven of the ten plagues. The first is the plague of blood. Uh, 
the, namely that the water of the Nile will be turned into blood. It is preceded by a warning. Uh, Moshe goes to Paro uh, and warns him about this is, that this is going to happen. Aharon strikes the waters of Egypt and they turn into blood. As a result, all of the fish uh, in the uh, in the water, uh, all the fish die. Uh, but the, magip- the magicians of Egypt uh, have the ability to do the same. They can also turn water into uh, into blood, and so it seems they are not impressed. Paro is uh, still stubborn. So then we proceed to the second plague, and this is the plague of frogs. Uh, this plague is also uh, preceded by a warning uh, that if you do not let the children of Israel go, uh, God says he will bring frogs. Uh, this time Aaron strikes the waters of Egypt and fro- uh, multitudes of frogs uh, come out of the, uh, of the waters of Egypt uh, and they are everywhere. They're uh, literally everywhere. But once again, the magicians of Egypt are able to do the same. Uh, and uh, But Paro uh, asks uh, Moshe uh, to pray on his behalf to remove this, uh, this plague. And Moshe does remove the frog. And nevertheless, Paro once again uh, hardens his heart. So the first two plagues were preceded by a warning. Uh, Two warnings uh, are appropriate, but before the third plague, there is no warning, because uh, if there have been uh, two plagues with warnings, then it is not necessary uh, to to warn again. So we proceed directly to the third plague, and this is the plague of lice, body lice, on uh, on everybody uh, throughout throughout, uh, Egypt. Uh, this time, without warning Paro beforehand, uh, Aaron is told to strike the dust uh, of, the, of the land, uh, and it turns into lice, and the, uh, the lice go uh, everywhere uh, throughout, uh, throughout Egypt and on all of the people. Um, the magicians are uh, tried, but they are unable to do this, and this is why they conclude that uh, this is the uh, this is the finger of God. This is something that is beyond our abilities. Nevertheless, uh, Paro hardens his heart once again. Uh, so the first three plagues are a kind of a, of a unit, uh, two preceded by a warning and the third without a warning. Uh, but, so the next three are also a unit. Uh, and that means we begin again. The fourth plague is preceded by a warning. And this is the uh, plague called Arov, uh, which uh, Rashi says means uh, wild beasts. First, the, uh, there is a warning, warning that if, the, if Paro does not release them, uh, that he will uh, bring Arov, he will bring just swarms of all kinds of dangerous uh, animals, wild beasts, and... Uh, God says further uh, that not only will I bring this, but I will uh, distinguish between my people uh, from the rest of Egypt. Uh, these, uh, the Arov will only go where the Egyptians are and not where the, uh, not where the Hebrews are. Uh, and so the plague comes and the wild beasts roam the land. 
Um, and so Paro seems to be weakening, and he says to Moshe, uh, you may uh, you may bring the sacrifice that you say that you want to bring, but do it here in the land. And Moshe says, uh, no, I cannot do that. Uh, the uh, the Egyptians uh, will will stone us uh, if they see us uh, uh, sacrificing their animal, the animals that they worship as gods. And so Paro says, "Well, uh, if you're going to go, do not go too far away, and pray for me as well." And uh, once again, <clears throat> after the fourth plague is over. Uh, Paro once again hardens uh, his uh, his heart. The uh, fifth plague is the plague of uh, Dever, which is a disease that affects all of the animals, cattle disease. Uh, once again, this is the second in a series of three, so it is preceded by a warning. And once again, Hashem makes the uh, makes the point that this plague will distinguish. Uh, between uh, his people Israel and uh, and the Egyptians, so this uh, disease will affect only the Egyptians' cattle uh, animals and not uh, the animals that belong to the to the Hebrews, and so animals die. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, Paro is stubborn once again, uh, and uh, therefore we proceed to the next plague. Uh, take note of the fact that um, that Paro is uh, is being stubborn. Uh, this is even before God hardens his uh, his heart. The sixth plague is the third in a in a series, and because the two plagues before that were preceded by warnings, uh, therefore it is uh, not ne- uh, there is no warning between this one. Uh, the sixth plague is the plague of uh, the boil, the plague of boils. Uh, uh, what Moshe and Aaron are in- instructed to do is to take some soot from the furnace, throw it up in the air, and then as it comes down, uh, all of Egypt are, str- uh, are struck by boils, uh, painful boils that uh, these are uh, sores, lesions on the body. Uh, very painful, uh, and the, uh, they're so bad that the Egyptians, uh, the Egyptian magicians as well, are affected by this, and they cannot even uh, be able to stand before Paro because they're in no condition to to do so. Uh, nevertheless, uh, nevertheless, Paro is uh, is stubborn, and uh, and. Uh, this time Hashem uh, hardens his heart uh, and Paro refuses once again to take Bnei Israel out of Egypt. Uh, which brings us to the seventh plague now. The seventh plague uh, remembers the beginning of a new group of three uh, and therefore there's going to be warning beforehand. The seventh plague, and this will be the last one in this parasha, is the plague of, uh, of hail. Um, first there is a warning and uh, part of the warning is uh, that uh, those uh, who bring uh, themse- bring people and uh, livestock uh, 
uh, indoors for safety will be safe. So the question is uh, to distinguish between those who trust Hashem and believe in Hashem uh, and those who uh, ignore. Um, and so uh, the plague begins with uh, very, very damaging hailstones as well as fire coming down from the sky. There is widespread damage to the crops, but not in Goshen because, as Hashem said earlier, uh, the place where the Hebrews are uh, is not going to be affected. And Moshe uh, stops the hail, but once again, Paro's heart is stubborn and he refuses to send B'nai Israel uh, out of uh, out of Egypt. And uh, that brings us to the end of uh, of this parasha uh, as we complete the first seven of the ten plagues. The others obviously will be in next week's parasha. Uh, let's uh, take a closer look at the uh, at the first three plagues. There is something noticeable about them. Um, with the first plague, the plague that turns the waters into uh, into blood, uh, Hashem says to Moshe to tell Aharon to uh, extend his staff over all of the waters and they will turn into blood. Um, and uh, similar uh, thing happens uh, with uh, respect to the second plague, uh, the plague of frogs, where it is Aharon uh, who is the agent of this uh, plague, as well as the third plague, which doesn't affect the water, affects the dust of the earth, where, Aharon, where Hashem tells Moshe to tell Aharon to extend his, hand, uh, his staff and strike the dust of the earth, and that will produce lice. So, the first two plagues are uh, affect the water, the third plague affects the dust, and in all three of them, the... Uh, the one who's to be the actual agent bringing about the plague is Aharon. And the question is, uh, why is that so? So Rashi says that um, the water and the dust uh, could not be struck by Moshe directly. Uh, The water had protected Moshe when he was put into it, remember, uh, after Moshe was three months old, his mother put him into a, a basket that she had made uh, watertight and uh, hid him in the water. So the water essentially uh, helped Moshe eventually uh, escape being uh, being killed. Uh, and so Moshe, in a sense, uh, wa- owed a, a debt of gratitude to the water. Uh, therefore, he could not bring the first two plagues uh, directly. It could be done only by Aharon. Similarly, uh, Rashi says, with regards to the third plague, the plague of lice, uh, which is brought on the uh, the dust, Moshe also uh, was saved by the dust because when he struck the Egyptian, he uh, hid the body of the Egyptian in the sand. And so, once again, Moshe uh, could not be the agent of uh, uh, of destruction directly to the the dust, uh, and that is, uh, and therefore Aharon did it instead. Uh, one of the uh, things that we we learn from this is uh, how sensitive we need to be uh, to anything from which uh, not only people uh, but even uh, inanimate objects 
that have uh, that have been helpful to us. If we are sensitive, if we sensitize ourselves uh, to uh, to being to, to gratitude, this will of course teach us uh, to display gratitude certainly to uh, other people uh, from whom we have benefited, uh, whether it was their intention or not. The important, the basis of gratitude uh, is has more to do with what we have received than what the uh, giver gave or uh, or gave up. What's really important to focus on is what we have received. Uh, if we've received help, so we should uh, have a sense of gratitude uh, and act accordingly. And this we learn from the fact that it wasn't Moshe, but it was Aharon uh, who struck the water and the dust, producing the first three of the ten plagues. I thank you very much for joining me uh, for this exploration of Parashat Va'era. This has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parashat Highlights and Insights, saying Shalom.